0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard, and get ready for an hour of nothing. The NRL tour. And it is the final fifth and last podcast for the year. Uh, we're a bit on the delay as far as the World Club, uh, the World Cup, sorry, final was concerned. Our bad, been a fair bit going on as far as work-wise and Christmas party. So we apologise for that. But uh, welcome back, bro. As uh,
2: as it always is this
1: time of the year, it's busy. Mm, there's it a lot is. going on. Plenty of tiles been sunk, and yeah, there's been uh, some hangovers and delays and uh, a lot of overtime at work as well. So things have gotten in the way, but. Uh, First of all, just a a quick summary of what's going to be happening today. We're going to do our World Cup wrap. Uh, We'll touch on any news issues and happenings, obviously, before we grind off uh, the axe for the year and let you know about dates for next year. Uh, Brock ran a fan forum, so there's some questions out there you guys have got to pose to us. And at the end, uh, just give you some quick dates as to when we'll be back early next year in 2014 for the new season. But the World Cup final, (sighs) what do you say? 34-2, 34-2, to two, the Australians prevailed. They've won the World Cup. Uh, they got that monkey off their back. I think in particular, probably no one more relieved than Billy Slater out of everyone as far as the last World Cup's concerned. And then obviously having his little issues earlier on, he ended up with a double. Mm. Jonathan Thurston, Smith, any of the blokes, there's only a couple of them left over from that last World Cup. They've all rid themselves of uh, the little overhanging cloud that New Zealand were technically the world champions. That's now done.
2: Yeah, well, New Zealand haven't competed with Australia well, they—I think they won the Four Nations or the Tri Nations or whatever in 2010, I think it was. But realistically, on a game-to-game basis, they, they don't compete with us. And uh, if you have a look at that game, um, Australia—they built throughout the tournament. We—we uh, we both fancy New Zealand, I think, mm. um, at, at the back end of our last podcast. But if you then watch the New Zealand uh, performance in the quarter final and the semi final, mm. they were pretty ordinary. And, uh, Australia just built nicely. Jared Haynes moved to the centres was was a, a bit of a masterstroke. They dropped uh, obviously Robbie Farrar came off the bench. Cherry Evans came in. They
1: got more settled. And Papali um, as well. he made the bench look a lot better than what yeah. he did at the start of the competition. Parker got more minutes. So uh, all around when we we're ripping Tim Sheens a little bit earlier, it seems like he took a few of those things on board. But yeah, um, but whether that was just and it was smart to give everyone
2: some, some yeah. time, obviously, and that you know we didn't concede a try in you know, over four hundred four hundred minutes. Well, as of as the a tournament, so I mean, he can't really be criticised for trying to make sure everyone was match fit heading into the bigger games towards the end of the year. I, I for me, the only negative out of that, I think it went too long. The World Cup, yeah, it went it way went too. Forever.
1: Went way too long. Bellamy I, and a I lot of the coaches. I don't think the uh,
2: soccer World Cup will go for that long.
1: Well, Bellamy and a lot of the coaches said the same thing. It dragged out way too long. Mm. It needs to be shorter, especially now coming into this season. How late a lot of players are going to come back? They've got the the nines and they've got origins. Still going to be a shorter window, so uh, all around. you know. Maybe we
2: look at even the fixtures. finishing, I know both Grand Finals are played on the one weekend, but maybe finishing a week or two earlier as well, oh, the competitions and just align them so the World Cup can start sort of mid-October, not start in November like it did.
1: Mm. Well, it's all well loaded up, but uh, in the end, the, probably the biggest thing for me was that Jared Hayne move, like you said, and a lot of people out there give me a lot of stick, but let's put it this way, the blokes are prodigy. He's a once-in-a-lifetime player like a lot of these guys, and as much stick as he cops at Parry, you can't do much with no help around you. Like, oh, playing can't. playing fullback, you need halves, you need a forwards to lay a platform, so you can't point the finger, but put him in a team like Australia. Yeah. Like I said, he, he, he's a prodigy, he's a once-in-a-lifetime player. People were getting uproar, you know, that were fans of the Roosters or North Queensland, saying, what about Tate, what about Jennings? Well, look what, that just shows you again what Hayne does when he's got a decent team around him. Yeah. So, and, Sure, Jennings. That's
2: why he's he's
1: always, um, if he's fit, yeah. he's one of the first selected for New South Wales. Well, well really? we both like Brent Tate had a good end of the year, but in the at the end of the day, he's probably not going to give you as much potency in attack. Michael Jennings gives you a thousand percent attack, but he still can't, he pass. can't pass. He had that semi-final against Ireland where he missed Darius Boy with three lock like five meter. Passes where he just had to hit him on the chest. So that the, the Jared Hain. In the group
2: game, you're talking about? Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I think I've said this you're a little bit off topic, but Jared Hain now has opened up an opportunity possibly for Laurie Daly to be able to have him and Dugan in the side without wasting yeah. Hain on the wing. Have Hoppe if he comes back in any good form, along with. Jennings and, uh, you know, we've got McManus to fill us, I think, our back line.
2: Yeah, um, Hayne can play anywhere in the back
1: line. Yeah. Apart from it, it's a lot the better than wing. Him he can play centres. centre
2: wing fullback. You just put him where he's needed. But We're where, no longer we're, short.
1: we're no longer forced in this situation to put in a Josh Morris for the sake of it, or yeah. put in Jennings like we did the year before when he was playing New South Wales Cup. We've now got another option yep. with Hopawade showing that. Oh, Hopawade being back and Hayne now showing how good he can be in that yeah, it's a Yeah, so. it's
2: a long time away, Origin, but yeah, it looks like we've got some more options there.
1: But yeah, quick wrap on that game. I think you got the, you know, you got the, the gist from the, the get go. New Zealand made an error in their first set, and the Aussies almost scored straight away off the back of that. But uh, you know, early on, two of us, are Sheck, he was also cleared of an injury. He ends up fracturing his leg. Hayne goes down as well, but finds his way back to his feet, and it was just. Yeah, but he
2: wasn't previously carrying no, an injury. I'm either. just
1: saying it, it's, it's just everything. Know, everything
2: it, was, it wasn't obviously Sheck wasn't fit. Well, everything The, the fitness but, the, test that they did the the obviously Roosters didn't test
1: him to the degree that it should have because it was an innocuous tackle that injured him. Well, all scans, tests, and even the Roosters staff were all happy with it. So at the end of the day, no, no one's pointing fingers or angry, but uh, yeah, he, he's gone down. He's got a fractured leg. He's possibly going to miss the start of the season, so that's a little bit of a blow to them. But uh, after that moment, it just kept going the other way. The Australians were you're just absolutely outstanding. They were very intense. I felt like Smith really controlled the ruck. And a lot of those forwards that I was challenging earlier on, saying they weren't having to go, like your thigh days and all these kind of blokes, they stepped up big time.
2: Yeah. Um, it just looked like they were waiting for the final, really. Didn't yeah, they?
1: well, as far as controlling Once that, we
2: beat England, it pretty much secured us the spot in the final because you were going to play mid O in the semi.
1: Yeah. But the forward so. pack as well was the one thing we worried about. But I thought, in particular, the little mini-line, the ABC defenders in short, we just jammed New Zealand all day. They yeah. never got going. Jared Hargoes, Bromwich... Cassiano, even Sonny Bill, Sonny Bill got rattled a few times, but
2: I was disappointed in the Kiwis' performance. I think the majority of the rugby league community were, were disappointed, and
1: oh, it was a terrible final. Like no, I, I can't awful. fault the Aussies; Aussies were almost one hundred percent. But um, yeah. you know, you've, you've got to give them the credit that they did that, especially to Johnson as well. Every time Johnson looked to kick open side, the pressure was there that made him put in a little chip or a grubber or some rubbish kind of kick in a small corridor. They just mix it up. Yeah, Isaac Luke got drowned out of the game. They never got any go forward. Uh, probably the only one you looked at and I felt a little bit sorry for it was poor old Kevin Locke. He copped a barrage. He did a great job under the high ball, but... I thought he had a
2: great tournament.
1: Yeah. well, He yeah, got had a
2: really good tournament.
1: He got Dugan in game two where they were just pinned in their own half. Every time yeah, you know, they were pinned yeah. down there, he just got bombed. Uh, he held off the barrage, but my God. Yeah.
2: he, he got, uh, He's had a lot to play for too, obviously, with the Tompkins coming to the Warriors and uh, his spot, obviously, been under threat, but uh, I think for if a club can possibly pick him up, there's talks that New Zealand won't release him. Gold but, Coast. Um, yeah, I, it doesn't matter who it is, but yeah. he's too good of a player to be playing VB Cup. Yeah, that well, way, I New think he
1: proved uh, well and truly. I think he played a lot better than the Tompkins did in the World Cup, so he's got, to, he's got to end up somewhere, whether it's a mid-year transfer or something does happen, but... Some of the tries that Australia scored—that is one thing I've got to touch on. Mm. Uh, you know, you had the little banana kink that Hayne put in for Kronk. They obviously ended up getting denied. That was disallowed. I can't believe that it. was disallowed. Some of the some of the things that came up. And the one thing for me, you talk about the pressure that we built and stopped their forward pack. There was just small moments where they looked like they had a possibility of building any pressure. And they let the valve off. There was one closer to the back end of the half. There, they got pos- possession error and half off multiple errors. They looked really good. They couldn't get any points, but instead of doing what we were doing to them and just burying them all day, Sam Cassiano, who's just been a penalty machine in that tournament, gave away a penalty, marched us down the other end, and uh, the next thing you know, we scored again. Kroc yeah. got a try straight after. So the game just seemed that way. Any time they had any opportunity to build pressure against Australia, it didn't happen any time we they couldn't got, absorb
2: pressure. No. They, they didn't turn us away at all either, which you know, maybe early in the game they did a little bit, um, but you can't just keep feeding a quality side chances down your own end and that's what they did it the scoreline it, it could have been more oh, let's face it you know like it was a, it was a very one-sided game a disappointing end of the tournament but and it also just shows you how big of a gap there still is between the best three teams australia new zealand and england and the rest of the tournament uh the teams participating but i thought if you compare the results of this tournament compared to the 2008 version here in Australia. There are a lot closer score lines because I All think around, yeah. international rules changed, obviously, and allowed players to uh, pledge their allegiances to, uh, yeah. you know, maybe their second country, if you'd like to call it that, um, and it, it strengthened the tournament. It made the tournament more well, entertaining, that's
1: for sure. My argument for other people that are like, oh, "How are they ever going to get better?" What do you mean, "How are they going to get better?" They're training with NRL quality players, and yeah. they've got NRL quality staff. You think that Ireland or the USA or any of them are going to be even close to that standard? On their own, well, then you're kidding yourself. You need to have these players get that opportunity to lift the tournament up. And I think they cut a decent profit. They had record, uh, you know, ground attendances, and even the final they had seventy-four thousand there at Old Trafford, yeah. regardless of the results. So you can't look at it anyway but a positive. And people that have been knocking, and I've I had a little Google of the Rugby Union World Cup for anyone that says that it's one-sided. What about some of the scores in that? Teams yeah. like Georgia. And Russia and get to play in that and get beat by ninety. Yeah. So if you want to talk about the pool games being a farce, well, the only, I think the only difference between the
2: rugby league they've got cup more and the rugby union sides cup is is that the quarterfinals are probably more, yeah, closer contested. But if you get to semi final stage, um, I think they're very similar tournaments. Yeah, pretty much. we we I, I think the there's difference. Probably four or five teams that have got. We've got we We've got three. We've got three. I think Fiji have. They've made good progress between now and the last World Cup. I know we pounded them in the end, mm. but uh, they really showed some grit um, in the games they played against the the uh, higher ranked sides, and um, they've actually got you know now a lot of players coming over from Fiji playing in the NRL. So yeah, that, uh, were probably good. the obvious one that that disappointed. Um, that were. Seen, I guess, in the two thousand and eight tournament, they were ranked; they were in Pool A, mm-hmm. um, and and seen probably as the fourth ranked side in the world. But they've slipped away a little bit, obviously losing some experience in and not being there. But um, I just think, you know, it, the best competition in the world is played in Australia, yeah. So of course, Australia Taylor's and New Zealand, be, yeah. and, and you know, the second best competition is in England. That's that's naturally where the best teams are going to be located, and whatever you think of international rugby league, it's
1: it is what it is.
2: I, I love it. I, I like the World Cup. It yeah, well, you, extends a footy season.
1: No World Cup or World Cup, and especially tell the players no World Cup. Yeah, they enjoyed it. They love it. They get to go to Europe. It's uh, same deal when it's over here. A lot of players that are foreign get to come over here. The experience yeah, is a once in a lifetime. for, for some so.
2: players to Well, look at the, the, the we've Americans. Had a few. Yeah, we've had a few that have been signed at NRL clubs out of, yeah. as a result of their performances in those pool games for teams that, you know, that we may not have... Seen, uh, uh, you know,
1: other than at the World Cup, so. exactly. But there's guy, there's a couple, especially from the USA, that have all been picked up by NRL clubs. Yeah. So uh, I, I can't knock the concept. Someone like Mark Offerdale like I mean, I, I knew
2: who he was because he was my age coming through the ranks. Hmm. You know, I'd never heard, I didn't even realise he was still playing.
1: Yeah, well... The, um,
2: and then look at the performances he pumped out. He played awesome.
1: Talks of Jesse Joe Nandi, the back row for PNG, had a really good tournament. Uh, another one, Beretta Faramo, he got signed by Parramatta. Yeah. He was playing a bit of like cup football for a few years there, so there's plenty of others names that have been bandied around as yeah. far as what you hear and what you don't because they're not top 25 signings, but as far as off-season training or any deals like that, you wouldn't have a clue.
2: But, but probably some in the World Cup up. We both enjoyed it. Um, yeah. You know, we, it got to the point where we expected it to. We expected New Zealand to play England. We weren't really sure who Australia were going to play. I think I think we probably both tipped, I think, Tonga to go through to that game, but that didn't eventuate. Uh, Fiji yeah. made their way through. Uh, it was clear that Australia were going to beat whoever that was. The Tonga, final we thought, would be a flip of the coin. It was a disappointment. But yeah. all in all, I think, you know, improvements, they could probably just shorten it a little bit. Um, but other than that, I, I was pretty happy with how the tournament. Flyer. I, the differences in the groups, the numbers in the groups. I didn't like that. Yeah, they've
1: got to sort that out. Yeah, I, it's got to be a straight sixteen if they're going to do four pools. You can't yeah. have odd numbers. Yeah, they've got to cut to seed the air. pools. Like um, you know, no, no offense to the poor old Cook Islands and you know Wales were pretty poor this time around, but they need to have a somewhat of an outside tournament like they usually do to qualify. But they needed sixteen. They needed four even groups, two to qualify from each group, and they needed to seed it a lot better. Because yeah. look at Tonga. They, fi- they figured out that weather too late. You look at their third game when they beat up on Italy, it showed you that they should have been going I did say through. that in the
2: preview, that I was concerned about the Island teams in, in the wet conditions and in the, yeah. the Cook Islands, they struggled.
1: But like I said, that third game showed you that they probably should have qualified, but, but they left it too late. You no, know?
2: I'm not going to go into criticising people, but no. that, that comes back to... You know, preparation-wise, that it should be something to be addressed. The tournament, to.
1: Compress the tournament a little bit more. Yeah. I think 16, you've got to have even numbers to qualify for each and break those teams up. You want to give... Tonga and Italy should have both been somewhere in the mix Fiji should be around in another group with PNG and then you've got obviously England New Zealand Australia and one other side like a Scotland who surprised you they all need to be somewhat separated so you can try yeah. and push all those through and have that you know much I wouldn't would even
2: mind you know and this is probably going a little bit off track but if you said you're going to have 16 teams um, you have the top four teams in each pool; they qualify for the World Cup semi-finals. Mm. You have this, the teams that finish second in each pool, maybe the World Plate, and then maybe the World. So you're going to the like seven, I know, yeah, seven kind of thing.
1: It. They do cup bowl. Yeah, and plate. I, I like that. So it all kind of plays on, and right?
2: everyone's sort of playing someone at their own ability. I, the quarterfinal stage for me was just disappointing.
1: Yeah, well, you know it was sort kind of new. There was yeah, it was some absolute bloodbaths on the cards. The only real game you were looking at was France, Samoa England, France or whatever. Was Samoa Fiji yeah. and France, France
2: England ended up being closer than what we thought, but still, side yeah. who we thought would win did. Um, game of the tournament, probably the New Zealand England game. That was a yeah. cracker, England. <laughs> Jesus, what do you say? About that that's uh, that's gonna that's or, gonna hurt for a lot of those English players. You know, your James Robies, your Kevin Sinfield, I said your, it. Before, Probably James Graham They're not going to have another
1: World Cup. Well, I said it before it all started. Halves are the difference. They mm-hmm. played us and threw the kitchen sink, couldn't get the job done. And they threw the kitchen sink at New Zealand, and didn't get the job done. And they, I think,
2: that was their best halves combination, though. Yeah, up and, and I know they played Sinfield both,
1: both times. There, yeah, but, both um, times it's proved proved one hundred percent. Halves are the difference. They, they got they good forward pack. They got better backs than what they did. They've got a gun fullback they got a good nine, but they don't have halves. They yeah. don't have a pairing that can compete with well, the Kiwis or compete with us.
2: They do have halves, but they didn't select. Like Danny no. Brough, how
1: Danny Brough wasn't um. Yeah, well, look what the they've half. given up. They've given up the goal. They, he won their bloody Daly M player, and they still can't afford to pick him. But yeah. this also goes back to us giving him a bit of they stick. to bloody Rob Burrow. Yeah, but this goes back to me and you sticking to Steve McNamara. Look what he's done again. Yeah. He's neglected him. He's crashed the car. He's neglected the Daly M player in their comp. Who's also you know dominated in previous years and dominated again with a side that's not part of their upper echelon over there. Yeah, he's clearly a class above a lot of the halves over there. So if you, you can bend the rules to pick him, even if he is Scottish, well they should have taken him. Yeah, and he proved it with the way he played for Scotland. He yeah. completely gave away any opportunity when he let Danny Bruff play for Scotland. Yeah. So yeah, in summary, though that final Australia was just ridiculous. Some of the tries that one for Josh Morris in the second half as dangerous as the landing was. The one-time volley off Haynes boot. Yeah,
2: that's um, probably the other thing. I can't believe that they allowed it to go on like that. There should have been bloody high jump mats all over no. the ground. How about, how about that try, though?
1: Oh, it was a crack of the trial. But how dangerous miles. was the was the field? Ridiculous, but they do that every year for the finals. There, Clint Newton, who's now a representative for the players' associations, come out and sit, they've got an investigation launched there. So oh, an investigation? Yeah, oh, there's going to be an investigation. Jeff <laughs> so, yeah, TV should be into it. Uh, yeah, the, the players' associations onto it, and him being a former player now, yeah. retired after the World Cup, or well, he's obviously still playing for Newcastle. I doubt he'd be playing much first grade. What but, about
2: um, Timmy Sheens?
1: Timmy Shanes. Yeah, do you Ball. think he'll go around again? or it's well, he's the same won. now that he he well he obviously he wants to go back and coach in the NRL. Who takes that job though, if if you're not if he's gone? I'm not giving it to Dave Ferner. Probably Mal Meninga. No. Nah. Well Mal's still got Queensland, so what, you give him two jobs. Give, give it to Cardi. Give it to Cardi <laughs> and give it to Stephen Kearney. He can take that job. Uh. Well, realistically, the way you're looking at it now... It has to be
2: someone who's not... It's, that's what I mean.
1: It's, it's another one of these jobs now where you have to be separate. So you'd think that it might be uh, like a high-level assistant. Neil Henry, something like that. Yeah, or if not, it's got to be someone who gets the sack this year or comes out of the job, and anything it's around It's crazy that. how you get, a, get the sack from an NRL job you pick up and, your and you, get <laughs> you get the Well, look at Stephen Kearney. He's been the New Zealand coach forever. He bombed out at a big time. Yeah. Now he's running water for Brisbane, so it's some good, good time, Steve. But overall, that What's final... was Malcolms. I don't know how you can sum it up any better than just everything. The one percenters, the kicking game was completely dominant. Uh, they won the ruck, they won line speed, kick chase, and I think I said, yeah, the biggest thing was the transition. They didn't slack on either side of the ball. They were as good on offense as they were on defense, the Australians, for pretty much the whole game. And uh, Jonathan Thurston, clearly the player player of the tournament. Yeah, well, he he got player of the series, and the Australians, after that English game, conceding a try of four minutes to go, they went five, was it four Four games after that? Four hundred and four minutes without conceding a try. So five games after that, without a try, plus a few minutes in that last game. Four hundred and four minutes, they're just ridiculous. Well, there's
2: talk, you know, NRL gossip that if... Shane Flanagan receives a ban from Asada, similar to James Hurd, that Timmy Sheens may come in and coach Granola for the year.
1: Well, How's that going to work? He no. likes to throw the pill around. He doesn't like to play prison football. Yeah, the Sharks are built on prison football. Knows. I don't know how he's going to turn that one around. Maybe Paul Gallen might have to finally get play play eight like he wants to.
2: Yeah.
1: He steals enough pill off Todd Carney to show that he wants to be that way. But uh, We'll leave the World Cup behind. Moving on into some issues and news and happenings around the game the last couple of weeks, probably. Number one, I suppose, is uh, the player discipline. Obviously, a lot of people out there saying, oh, I don't care, it's their off-season, that's all well and good. I'm with you as far as their off-season, but you can't be getting in punch-ons and doing stupid shit. You can get on the drink, you can have a bit of fun, but you can't be starting fights because you're still contracted. Yeah. And you're, you're under a code of conduct, so it doesn't matter whether it's off-season or not. You can't go act like a dickhead in public. If you've got any respect or any... Um,
2: you value your career, whether you're a rugby league player or whatever profession you're in if you're a professional and you value your career you don't go getting in fights full stop. thought no um if you are going to have a few too many sherbets and we're probably all guilty of that from time to time there's a time and place to do that yeah, well, there's certain environments in which to do that. put yourself in
1: the right company make um, sure you've got a way to get home and never get isolated that's probably the biggest time you always end up in trouble when you end up yeah, on your own so
2: i just think you know and these guys these guys are weapons i mean they're, they're physical specimens they don't understand the power strength ferocity that they could they possess and they can hurt people when they get in fights and it's going to come to a point where someone's going to you know look at Craig Field mm. Craig Field punches a bloke kills him John Hapawade punched a bloke almost killed him I think I mean it's going to get to the point where someone's going to be up on a murder charge mm. because they're just out acting like clowns well. um, I, I don't think I think NRL players the egos like we you know we know it egos float around in footy and um, you know, in all sorts of in areas Al- of rugby league. alcohol and, Al- and Al- alcohol amplifies that and it's just
1: the last thing that, that these players need. So Well let's sum up who's obviously we've got Ray Matua. Uh his issue from the way he described it was he barely touched the taxi driver. So I didn't I didn't yeah. hear anything too much after that. I still haven't heard anything. All the news we've been getting though is pretty much because this is He's fourth or fifth uh, with the drug bans, with any other previous actions that regardless... And you think also with Raylan Castle now wanting to stamp her authority... Mm. Well, pretty much every every sign is pointing, even if he has just bloody give this bloke a Chinese bird in the taxi, that he's going to get the same. He's still
2: done the wrong thing.
1: So, yeah, Yeah. multiple, you know multiple times in the wrong that's pretty much what we're hearing that he's going to be getting the sack Russell Packer this is probably the big one from the integrity unit a four year deal with Newcastle not registered yeah. after his little stoush he's obviously got to wait to go to court what so. out, he
2: got in a punch on as well didn't he
1: yeah a punch up. so he, he was occasioning I mean, harm but when you like when
2: you chuck a leak on the field and you go that's out him. on the cans of course someone's going to say something to I'll
1: stick by that. my theory that Wayne Bennett loves and Ruffies he's got Smith and all yeah. Bo Scott and all these kind of blokes that kind of have that rough outer exterior and now he's got Rusty Packer I don't know how they come to the conclusion unless they got him on the cheap that he was a good option for them they did need a front row or some younger legs in their forward pack but now they've been denied the registration that's probably going to be more of a Blake Ferguson situation it's going to come down to the court result whether he will get registered Yeah. so now they're in limbo as far as a front rower um, I think this is his first misdemeanor in that regard off field yep. But as to what happens well you know it's going to come down to the court but I, I will applaud the integrity unit, I hope they've got the same attitude with Blake Ferguson once they get the result there. If you do something like this, you shouldn't be playing in the NRL. No, agreed. It's,
2: agreed. Uh, and uh, there's, there's plenty of good young kids that play 20s or Harold Matthews, SG Ball, that are coming through the grades that probably they deserve a chance. They're doing the right things. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if there's knuckleheads up above that uh, want to throw their career down the, uh, the gurgler, yeah. let them do it and give these other kids a
1: go. Well, this is probably um, the more, you know dissatisfying one hour, that is two young blokes that are, again, at first we heard there was nothing to it, that was Dylan Walker from the Rabbitohs, and a young bloke who's just joined the Bulldogs from the Rabbitohs, Tyron Phillips, he's a 19-year-old Aussie schoolboy, New South Wales junior, he'll be playing at the Dogs, he's got a top squad deal now, they were both, uh, supposedly, uh, also in an altercation at a nightclub, yeah, it was a good one, that one, slipped out, but they were also supposedly in an altercation at a nightclub, so... From what we're hearing here, the Bulldog's on that side of things because he's a first-time offender. Um, If things are as they were and it seems like there wasn't too much in it, he will be given a slap on the wrist and a warning, but pretty disappointing that you've just got a top-score deal and you put yourself in that spot. And Dylan Walker, I'm sure, once they obviously get the full feedback and the integrity unit, uh, you know, solves what's going on, that Michael McGuire won't be too happy if there's anything found to uh, have been happening there. Yeah. Seeing as though he's brought him in as a 19-year-old, he's just signed a three-year deal and... He runs a pretty tight ship as well.
2: Yeah, and so he should. He knows what it takes to win, and just yeah, I've, I've probably said all I needed to say on it. It's just you're yeah. throwing your career down the road, um, and you shouldn't just not go out. I mean, if you want to be at the top of your peak performance, that's what you're paid for. Um, well, might you shouldn't be, be out seeing, on the cans and acting like a loud anyway.
1: You just need to be smarter about it. Don't get caught on your own make sure you've got a decent group of people with you. That's the one, all the times I've been out or any time you look at a lot of them when there's no issues, they all stay in big groups, they go out, they take care of each other and you go home. Mm. Don't get caught out being the dude who's out at 4am on your own or with two or three blokes that aren't contracted to play first grade with you that will cause trouble because it's generally when you get hooked in with those kind of people, they're the ones that drag you down. Yeah. They're not in the same situation as you. They don't have as much to lose but uh, probably on a more... Pressing issues, I suppose we've got the Milford supposedly signing a deal with the Broncos in 2015, and the Raiders announcing that he would be returning, but (laughs) he's come out and said, what the bloody hell is going on here? Hang on a minute, Ricky. Uh, I'm not coming back. I'm going to to be up at Brisbane regardless. Uh, I don't know. Be my tip for the spoon. Again, we don't don't know what's going on. Is he sitting the year out? Is he playing? Well, Um, from,
2: from what I read out of the quotations in that article, I... I read it as though Anthony Milford will either be playing at the Broncos next year or he will be having the
1: year off. You know the way I'd be putting it, and obviously there's a lot of people at work or that have whinged about me that are Broncos and Raiders supporters. There's only one way to solve this. If he's going to be taking the year out, if you're Canberra, surely... You don't let him play for you if he doesn't want to. That's a waste of time. On top of that, you're giving him NRL development before you hand him off to another club. So that's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, I'd be more inclined to say, "All right, let's do exactly what you did with Ben Barber and the Bulldogs. I want 300 or 250, whatever this contract is, he's got a year left on, because the top score deal pays the compensation. You can have the player. Yeah, and at or, least, or
2: say Josh Hoffman. Do you want to go to Canberra?
1: He doesn't. So that's one. That's okay. that's the one that we're going to get onto next, but. In this situation, that's the best outcome. If you rest him for a year, yeah. you've got you zero. You just double what he's on. Yeah, but you've got zero out of it. And then if you play him and you try and force the hand like they are, well, what are you doing? You're giving him more annual development before you hand him off to Yeah, yeah I understand that. So just, I'd be sitting down and saying... Yeah, but if I'm Canberra, say he's on 300 a year, I'd say give us 600, you can have him. Well, I'd want the fee exactly like they did with Barber. I'd say you can go because you've got a bad attitude and you don't want to be here, but we want I'd something. also
2: say that he's not allowed to play
1: against us. Hmm. Well, that's what I mean. Do something yeah. to make it beneficial. Don't let him sit a year out and waste it or don't develop him at your club when you've got to, you know, move on. They need to worry about Cornish and all these other blokes. Instead, they're still trying to force him to yeah, stay. Yeah, I know. He's already gone. So stop worrying about it. I think him. Ricky Stewart thinks that they can win the comp. Well, all I can say but... is, why you're chasing or trying to do everything you can to hold onto a dude for a year that you're not even going to have? Move on. Start working with Cornish and uh, McCrone any of these buddy options you've got you need to start working with that you need to separate yeah. get what you can out of you. you can get 300 or 250 or whatever a transfer fee do that do yourself some favour don't let him sit out for the year and just make it a big boiling issue uh, Josh Hoffman's other one we don't know what's going on there either he supposedly all the Bulldogs and the Kiwis team with him were in his ear. they want him to come down supposedly he's keen to come down Griffin says he's not going anywhere so all they've got is a super expensive $400,000 winger Mm. so same deal again what's he thinking if right. you're going to be getting Milford and Barber what are you doing having him on the wing I think it may depend on if he gets Milford you're probably fine that Brisbane will let him go well they still reckon regardless he's not going anywhere until the deal's done that'd be so. stupid again I think they're in a situation where they need to do what the dogs did to them and say okay we want to fee. yeah simple it's just a bunch of swapsies but make make sure you get something out of it Instead of dragging out the media and pulling everybody down, I don't know why they don't just say, "Well, if, if this isn't going to work out for anyone, bang!" That's he's got four hundred left on his deal. Similar to Barber's <laughs> so deal. This
2: is why I can't understand we don't have a draft, and this is why I can't understand we don't have a trade window. Mm. Because then at least I could say, right, well, it's like lock. You, you want you want lock Kevin Locke, lock, right? Oh, I want A B your best two twenties players. Yeah, I want the money, whatever. Same Dun, deal. Or, yeah, or cash, or. You know, I want your first round draft pick next year. That's, right? That was it's, virtually... the AFL does it so much better than us.
1: That was the Barber deal. The Barber deal was you can have him the year early on compassionate grounds. This is all well and good, but we're not paying... Not let him go for free, and the last year of his contract, you'll cover it. So, which is what they did. Yeah. I don't know how, in this situation, if you get those two, and he doesn't want to be there, and you're wasting him on the wing, why don't you part ways, pick up the 400 for the Bulldogs to pay for him for free, and then get back on the market? Yeah. It's just, it just seems logical.
2: I'd love to see a draft. Bring in a draft.
1: I don't know about the draft, but I think I agree with the trade window and or transfers. Like mm. players that get stuck saying, I want to put in a transfer and see what they can do. Yeah. If a club can go, okay, well, he's up for grabs and put an offer probably to somebody. make some moves, yeah. And say, okay, well, we've got an Australian schoolboys halfback. half back. If you know, you're a club that's got somebody like a Cronk or a Thurston, obviously probably not that far along, or a club like uh, the Tigers that have got Brooks, if he's a gun in two or three years' time and you've got a kid that you know is going to be stuck behind him, You've got trade Trading bait off. there for someone else. Trading they off. go, okay, we've got already got that position sorted. We'll yeah. try and get pick up another need. Yeah,
2: I think it's it'd make an extra element to the game, mm. and, and an extra element of intelligence. People have to be intelligent about the moves they make. At the moment, I think there's not much thought process behind um, recruitment. But you look at the clubs that do it the best, and and they're up the top of the competition. Mm. There's no, uh, you know no mistaking why they're there that's Mm. for sure especially you know you look at Penrith where they've gone from and where they were and where they are now and where they're going to be
1: in terms of their recruitment. They've money-balled it. Yeah, they have, basically. Picked up bits and pieces. You look at Melbourne every year, they build around yeah, those Melbourne. couple of big names, but you look what they bring in, it's the same deal. Yeah, right. They're well, mainly, mainly, exactly yeah, the same. Picking up pieces Incredible. that can complement, you know, the good parts that you've got. And you know that you can get enough out of them to put yourself up there at the upper echelon. And Nick Pilatus, he's got a bundle of cash bigger than Walter White, <laughs> so he just throws it around willy really nearly... Oh, Mr. White! <laughs> But uh, the only other thing I suppose we have got here is the Molson injury. There hasn't been any other significant injuries in the off season yet that we've heard of. But yeah. uh, Timmy Moulton, possibly you've heard three months, I've heard six months. Yeah. As far as that knee injury, is this a big blow for the Tigers or not? I'm no offence to them, I still see them struggling a little bit next year having such a young side. But uh, poor old Timmy Molson can't really take a trick. This is uh, his fourth injury. With yeah. his knees in a couple of years. Well, he shattered
2: so. his, he shattered his um, yeah, kneecap. kneecap. So, I, you know, it's going to be at least three months, mm. put it that way. So you'd, you'd probably think you'll see him a month or two into,
1: into next season. But
2: well, potentially, then, then
1: where is he at in terms of um, confidence, you know, fitness, all these kinds of things. But potentially that was what Potter was thinking for the half. So now does that mean Anasta is in that spot? Or is Blake Austin... Looking at that spot, I Nick suppose. Potter, Nick
2: Potter, uh, Tim Moulton's too young to retire.
1: Well, well, after all those injuries. have had? Nick Kosseff was one who popped up the other day in support of him, and I was going to say talk to Nick Kosseff about busting your knees. Up. Yeah, he knows a bit about it. So I'm in a situation here from the Tigers. No offence, if this was the end of his contract, there's no way I could keep him on. It'd be minimum wage or a second tier contract or something because he's really, really had a bad trot. But
2: yeah.
1: you can't obviously sympathetically pour money into somebody who's barely played games over the last three seasons. Yeah. So sad situation for them there. Uh, the ain't well, I suppose the only two things we've got left: uh, the Cameron Smith, is he going? Is he staying? We we don't know too much there. And Blake Ferguson, is his contract going to get registered?
2: Mm, I the Ferguson one obviously depends on the court case. Uh, the Smith Smith thing, we sort of disagree. I, I think Melbourne will give him as much time as he
1: needs. Um, I think they'll give him time, but there's there's got to be a limit. Like you, you can't we can't be holding off until the well, back when end the of Cuba the year. Con- the decision when did that happen that was April
2: I think that was
1: earlier in the year before round 10 which is what I mean before that middle of the year I think you'll find
2: that Smith will, will, uh, will make a
1: decision before origin Oh, I think he will, too. I think he's that kind of bloke where he would do the favour, but as far as how long it can go, I don't think we can go past the middle point. Well, the you?
2: conversation we had, and I'll stick by it, I think that Melbourne would be mad to force him into a decision.
1: No, and that's so what that's my,
2: That was my only
1: point. But okay. What I was getting at is I don't think they're forcing him, but I think they've pretty much laid it out there saying, look, I think you understand how much is going to be tied up in this deal for us, and it, you know he's a pretty significant player. I, I, I don't think they're going to pay... What he's asking. I think we, we've got some exemptions seeing we've had him for a long time, but I'm sure they'd like to know that if someone leaving worth that much money and that much to their team, they want to have the best possible opportunity to make moves, I think. yeah. So they won't be forcing him, but I'm pretty sure they'll be, you know, at least I'm, I'm sure even he knows he'd be good enough to be able to know what they've done for him over the last 12 years to go, okay, I'm, I'm going to have my little downtime, I'm going to have my break, I'm going to come back, and then I'm going to try and sort my future out yeah. as soon as possible. So we're, we're all sort, sorted, you know? Yeah. So,
2: well, the the other one is obviously the you know the Asada
1: investigation. Yeah, we that's shocked. still just it's been almost a year. It's been nine months. Well, what we're we here in a million yeah. dollar fine was what it was, and in and end up in a herd like situation. Obviously, we're not a hundred percent sure yet, but financially, uh, where does When's that it gonna them? be?
2: When is it going to be finalized? Well, that's
1: the thing. I'm, I'm a bit crazy, uh, right? a bit over it, but it obviously needs to be decided. I think the only person I've heard come out and speak about it was uh, Todd Greenberg and he was pretty much saying as long as it takes as long as it takes but it's yeah. or it's already taken too long it has because if it then creeps into next season
2: you're then looking at bands from Christ knows how long ago and they're going to impact on the results this season it's just it's it's really messy at the moment I think this all needs to be nutted out and finalized book closed in the filing cabinet before we even look at next season so I think at latest, by the end of January, mid-February, it has to be finalised.
1: Well, I think full summary is I'm more interested in anything to see if the players company any bans, if the coach, like you said, is in any trouble, and also we already know their financial situation. If the fine is around the maximum, which we know is a million dollars, how will this affect the Cronulla Sharks? Yeah. Speaking of Cronulla, what about Bryce Gibbs? So, Pricey Gibbs, retired. And then he come back. He said, he just walks up to the train and goes, I'm back. Yeah, well, Eric Grove retired and come back too. So they're, they're loading up on that card of well. Oh, wow. Uh, the only one we've got here left, we touched on before, before we move on. Matty Schrama. Yeah, well, Matty Schrama's one. Will he be moving? Will he be
2: going? As far as They're saying he's un he's he's come out and said he's unhappy. Graham Manesley's come out and said,
1: Well, well I didn't we, know we've that. got him contracted. Oh, uh, yeah. That's what I read yesterday, that he's not going anywhere. But all indications, the way they're speaking, they've almost just shaft him. He's going to the bench or he's He's a little midget. Like he's He's been hurt, but when he plays Oh like he's, him. He tries hard. He's your future. There's not
2: many eligible. uh there's not many Players in the NRL that are that small and well, I think try they
1: should. As I think they should take two things on board, and that's that two of the big two of the clubs that came out and took interest immediately were Brisbane and Melbourne. Yeah, so I think the Gold Coast should maybe go. Okay, if Brisbane and Melbourne are looking at Matt Tramer, maybe we should be a little bit smarter. Yeah, they're not that smart, mate. Yeah. Not saying that you know they're either them are going to find a ten-year future in him, but when clubs like that are giving you an interest in your player, yeah. that should give you an idea that you know. He's, a pretty decent quality but I, I don't know what they're thinking I know he's had some injuries but I think you need to persist with him
2: what about the hybrid game that was in yesterday's paper
1: the hybrid game I think it's a stupid idea I, I reckon it's ridiculous and, uh, mainly because I'm telling you when I played sevens one time at school I forgot every time that a ruck was on when I went to play the ball and just got stomped yeah. they were saying that it was going to be yeah, rugby half. league in your own half and when you get have halfway, way you've got to form a ruck
2: but I couldn't I couldn't. why I couldn't wouldn't that change why, why wouldn't that change at half time
1: why well, wouldn't it then be rugby what league get, in the why yeah, couldn't you play that. one half of it? Beach, it was instead stupid. of complicated, in 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 the mojo in the moment, I'd be trying to stand up and play the footy again, and just get dived on by about twelve giants. Yeah, they should have a thirteen aside half, and then a fifteen aside half, and we just have to adjust to it. It's just dumb. It's
2: dumb. Or vice it's versa. Two different games. Play a two. Game, play
1: a two game series. Play one game of the beach. We'll just see what happens. They've got to be smarter about That's it. But stupid mixing the games. In you may as well chuck AFL in there as, as well. if there's not enough bloody football being played as is. without no, no. another freaking game. We may as well just mix AFL God. in there as well. We'll have it every time instead of on a scrum. We'll have a ball up. We'll, yeah. we'll smash the ball on the ground. Everyone can jump up. No, for I'll it. tell you
2: what. We all all the uh, NRL fans whinge about how bloody dead shit boring rugby union is. So why what, what the hell do we want to hire a hybrid game?
1: Exactly. It doesn't
2: interest me at all. What bother? What's uh what else have we got on the agenda
1: here? Well, after all that, pretty much summed up, the only thing we didn't touch on was the Ferguson one, but that's straightforward. Uh, we're yeah, hearing, it's going to depend on the court We're hearing it's South Sydney. Everything that's been said is yeah, pretty much... Yeah, if will register a
2: contract, he's going
1: to It's 100% South. They're all lying, saying nothing, and there's been a little bit of talk oh, of here, there, and everywhere. I it's not know
2: why they'd Just say, yeah. They've
1: said be. the Warriors and the Sharks, but I think we all know it's going to be South Sydney, but the court case will decide that. So if he is cleared, you can probably see him going there. We're hearing that it'll be more third-party money. They're going to try and keep it off... The books, in case something does happen, so pretty smart by them. But, wow, you'd have to think this brings them up to that next level, even though they've lost a few. If they can get a quality centre in like that, which we thought was a lacking position, yeah, that puts them in a good spot. Because next year, really, and I've already said it, is the year. They've gone two years, they've fallen off the bandwagon. They need to get a result next year south. Otherwise, yeah, they they're going to slightly start to get close. stripped apart.
2: So. Uh, the Penny Panthers, the number one sporting franchise valued money-wise in the country.
1: On assets. I Excellent. Think, I think we both spoke. Okay. Go yeah. the pennies. They own a lot. means
2: I should get a pay rise, surely.
1: Get a pay rise. <laughs> but as far as their rating was concerned, and we talked about that, as far as management and all the rest of it, they're turning that around uh, slowly but surely. That the number's only going to increase. They don't have that rating like the other sides yet, but that was their biggest issue, and that's been solved uh, slowly but surely from the inside out. Yeah. So I think uh, there was six rugby league teams or five rugby league teams in the top 20. I obviously, uh, I think it was six, but obviously the AFL dominates. Membership's a big part of that. We yeah, don't yeah, really have that.
2: second. Dogs, third. West Coast, fourth. Hawthorne, fifth. Geelong, sixth. Carlton, seventh.
1: Fremantle, eight. and nine. So. Yeah, goes on and on, but I'm pretty sure they said six rugby league teams. Parramatta was in there. Good on you, Parramatta. At Le- least you're ranked in something. That's It's good to know. But, yeah. yeah, but uh, it's still down the bottom. Yeah, <laughs> but we've got the the World Cup wrap-up. That's all kind of punched out of the way. They've put any issues and happenings around the game out of the way, so we'll chuck a quick ad in here now, and we'll come back. Brock chucked up some fan forums the other day just for any questions that may be lingering before we sign off and have a couple of months' break. So uh, have a quick break, and we'll jump back in and get new questions. For all the latest rugby league gear, heading to Leagues and Legends, now based at Shell Harbour, Mount Druitt Westfield, and Campbelltown Mall Store. Or check them out online at www.nrlstore.com.au. fifth and last listeners, you can receive free delivery on any 2013 adult NRL jersey. Be quick, jersey selling fast. Remember, www.nrlstore.com.au. Leagues and legends. Alrighty, fan forum. What have we got?
2: Uh, Jordan Regwell. Do you love the Cowboys as much as I do? I think not. Well, Jordan... We're not even going to respond to that, you knucklehead.
1: The The Cowboys. I loved the Cowboys last year and they burned me by finishing eighth spot and getting they got robbed in the first week, but they shouldn't have been in that position anyway. But I'll be interested to see what happens with Paul Grant at the helm. So I'll leave it at that.
2: I don't love the Cowboys at all. <laughs> Kenneth Barrington. Will Blake Ferguson go to the Rabbits and is he the missing link they need to win a premiership? Probably. Well, they d-
1: definitely needed a centre, that's yep. for sure. Uh, you know Bryson Goodwin probably goes to a wing. He didn't play he, there. he did play for New Zealand, but still. Yeah. They, they didn't you. really have too many set. Varo was their gun centre and a very good centre but besides that they had Inu and him to pick from so yeah uh, yeah, I think he's a big piece in helping them in that position particularly defensively Ferguson's very aggressive in defence in the centre spot uh,
2: David Boyle he's fired through a few questions he's always a good contributor uh, will Canberra have a shocker of a season or can Ricky live up to his paycheck I think they will go terribly I think he's already upset the apple cart there and um if you have a look at what he did at Parramatta was very similar <coughs> the results just weren't there. Obviously he's probably got a better off star, but
1: yeah oh, he's got a he's got a better off but I think Parramatta are probably in a on, on an upswing with some of the young yeah. kids they bought and some of the juniors they blooded next year. He should have hung around to be honest. Yeah. Plus Oppo and people forget if Loco's healthy. Yeah. I'm looking at Canberra besides last year, getting Vaughan kinda of into first grade and they, like a lot of those younger guys besides him, there was Ferguson and Dugan, they're both gone. Croco's had some injury problems, they've re-signed a lot of other kids, but they've put way too much pressure already on Branko Lee and Jack Ahern and all these guys. They're not going to be instant successes in first grade. Yeah. And they've got an aging Ford pack that the likes of Leroy Lars and Shillington, Tilson, Brett White. So uh, you know, no hooker either. Yeah. He he's yeah, gonna yeah, struggle. He's, he's, he really they're needs to read. To the
2: spoon
1: and it's mm. what? December. Well, um, good kids, but as far as the top top side of that squad is concerned, uh, they need to clean out a bit. I think. I agree, uh,
2: David Ball. Again, uh, thoughts on the Broncos this season? They're my team. Um, bias, I know, but would still like to hear other thoughts. Still, uh, because his mates put shit on him all the time. Well, he also wants to know our state of origin predictions. For well, I, so, I think the Broncos. <coughs> there you go. They'll finish outside the
1: eight. I think again they're in pretty much the same spot. They got a good forward pack. Uh, you know, they got a million back rows, but. If he shares time with McCulloch again, which if he does, he's an idiot. Um, I don't think he's got halves. I know Hunt was there. and He wasn't too bad at the back end of the year. But who's partnering up with him, like, you know, Is Hoffman going to get pushed out of the way yeah. for Barber? Are they going to play Barber as a six? Are they, they were talking about putting Hoffman at six, for Christ's sake. Yeah. And if, are they going to get Milford? I think a lot relies on whether they get Milford and they get to hold on to Hoffman. And you've got to remember they don't have Justin Hodges. And regardless of how old and he is, are he's... Are they going to
2: play Andrew McCulloch at
1: nine? Or well, not... Is, I'm looking at their back line as the problem right now. If Yarrow Yao yeah, Yee yeah, is not healthy and they're saying he's going to play some off-season games, I don't think he'll be close to what he was. Mm. How long does it take Hodges to come back? And then who, he's tough and who else have you got? Yeah, They really they, they really struggle when he left. Corey Oates played a right off a wing, but yeah. he's not Justin Hodges. No. And he's not Yao Yao of three years ago. So I'm looking at the back line at the moment Alex thinking... Glenn probably have to play centres. And he's not really a great attacking centre. He's a good plug. Jack Reed. Yeah. But still, even him, he's had his concerns. I'm not really Jack Reed's biggest fan, but no. I, th- I think the biggest concern for them, with everyone on deck, is still a halfback. Yeah. I don't know if they've got the control on the halves to make them get into the eight. Uh, I hope. I hope they prove me wrong because they're a side that should be in the top eight. But I, I look at that one spot, and that just out at me by a country more.
2: Uh, state of origin, I think. Well, Queensland have got two home games, so it's going to be awfully hard for us to win. <clears throat>
1: yeah, I'm pretty much with you on that one. I think.
2: Uh, I like. I-, I think uh, you know. Kronk, Smith, Slater, you know Thurston—they're eventually going to slow down. But I, 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 feel I, better, d- I feel better.
1: I feel better knowing that we put Cordner in, that we put Fafita in. Uh, but I still think the top end of the, the we've fo- got Cherry Evans and
2: Papali. So yeah, that's right what I mean. Exactly what the
1: done. only thing I see in our favour, like I said before, is now the fact we've got. Hayne playing the way he did there's Ferguson look we need Ferguson we need Hayne we need Dugan and now we've got Hopalato we've got a potential chance to be able to suit up in the back line for him but yeah. who's going to you know, grab someone in, in the inappropriate parts who's going to get on the piss who's going to get injured that's the real issue yeah. I still think Queensland I'm with you two home games I think they get the job done yeah. but I'm always going to be optimistic and hope the New South Wales win.
2: Oh, yeah, I think it'll be a decider. I think Queensland will win there. We we'll <coughs> win at yeah, home
1: there, yeah, and yeah. it'll go to game home three. home final. Big advantage.
2: Uh, Andrew Wales, do you think each team should play at least one Monday night game before any team has to play a second?
1: That's I reckon that's a fair call. I know they the only problem with this, and a lot of people don't understand it, and it's one thing you can't explain. The TV deal doesn't work that way, as much as we'd all like to think that. Brisbane aren't going to play 10 Friday night games and Canberra fans get angry because they always cop the early game or the late Saturday game like the Cowboys seem to always get that 9.30 slot. Everything that gets decided is virtually in favour of the the TV deals. They put the money in, they get a big say in what happens. Same as the Sunday games and the second Friday game, which I hate because of the ads. Unfortunately, that's where the money comes from. Without the money, the game can't operate. So Mm. it's pretty hard to have a big say on the draw when they're the ones who are tipping the cash in.
2: Uh, Dave Crollen, where do you see the Panthers finishing? Can Wallace and Soward firm <clears> winning halves partnership?
1: I still have an issue with the Panthers halves because of these two. Because I don't see either. Well, Wallace is not a running threat. Soward's a running threat, but Soward doesn't like to run. Soward, as far as I'm concerned, does not like getting a blade of dirt or touching the grass. I think John unless by some miracle or you know, bad form or a bad preseason, should be given the right to start at six again until something goes wrong. But I think you'd probably have a better idea than me, but I think they've already got the inkling that John's on the outer in that regard, and they will be those two.
2: Mm, I, I don't know. I, I'm biased, obviously. I think they'll push for top four. Um, I think if you look at their roster last year, you look at their roster this year, you look at the injuries they sustained last year, they can't get that bad of a run with injury again.
1: Well, I think um, they may the score better. I think they'll make the eight. I think
2: they'll be um, they'll really push for a top four position, but I think a lot will obviously rest on the halves. I Would personally, be- I think Sourd and John will
1: start the year in the halves. So you think who's the seven though? Sourd. I think John will be the seven. Sourd will be the six. Well, I look at them man, purely because that because John last year as the six was great. He runs the ball even for a smaller bloke. He challenges the line. Jamie Sauer doesn't run unless there's open space. He doesn't take the line on. And Peter Wallace is obviously more a defensive half and just a nice safe kicking game. So
2: I think they'll um, I
1: think John's got the right until he plays bad to start at six. But I, I I don't know. I have a feeling that they're pretty much leaning towards having Wallace and Sauer to six and seven. They may
2: do. Yeah, I'm not really sure. But all I the haven't weapons. Seen much of NRL stuff so far this season because we're, you know, for people that aren't from Penrith, we're situated a 25 minute drive away. With the 16s, as we are to where the 20s and now roll are base. so we don't, we don't sort of run into each other that much in my role there. But um, from what I'm hearing, there, you know, obviously Pete Wallace only just got back from the World Cup, so um, yeah, well, John played in the World Cup too. Been, yeah, sorry. So you know, you're not really going to get a great indication on it now. Um, I think form will have a lot to do with it. I don't think, I don't think Gordon and Cleary, um, particularly Cleary, would have a. a You know, set in stone right at this minute. I think it'll come down to how they trial. Now, injuries often fix this as well. You know, one of them might get injured in a trial or injured at training. Well, Jamie
1: Soward definitely won't get in, but he won't let anyone touch him.
2: So, I I think he'll go alright Jamie Soward. I think the freshen up will do him the world of good. Um, I think they bought him for the right reasons. They didn't buy him to be the player that he was at the Dragons. They bought him for his kicking game um, and his goal kicking. So, uh, you know, it might free him up just to be that natural flamboyant. Player that you know we we all saw uh, a little bit of potential in, but you know it remains to be seen. The money they paid him, um, he's got a lot to live up to, doesn't he? He's, he's for the money he's on. They're going to want him to push him into the top four. Well, that's probably, at least yeah. the top I'm, I'm so, still
1: not convinced that he's a top five first grader I know he played a game of Origin, but, but,
2: but a winning halves partnership definitely. uh, Wallace and Sauer
1: that structure at the Dragons was almost catered to him to be able to hide and kick and hide and defence and a lot of things I don't know if he fits in Penrith I
2: think Penrith have got a pretty good squad
1: yeah but I'm I'm saying I don't think Ivan Cleary's defensively minded in that way and I don't blame him for that I couldn't Base my game plan around hiding him so he can kick for me. He's, he's not going to play the game. I think the better, game's
2: moving towards, it's, you know, yourself, it's it's high completion, it's field position, it's errors, but Look at it's, Penrith.
1: Penrith's front row rotation Elijah Taylor, Sika Manu, Matt Robinson, Louis Brown, they got Peachy on the bench. Seguiar, to me, they're going to be, uh, you know, get over the top of you on the forwards, get those kind of exciting edge players involved. And then you look at the back line last year. Dean Farah and Simmons are almost telepathic with each other. Josh Mansell's a beast. Matty Moylan, I see attacking potential everywhere. I need Jamie Sauer to take the line on and join in with that football. That's what I want. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to be him hindering my style of play and going into my shell to try and hide him on kicks and defence. Mm. I think they've got enough weapons there like you to challenge, but I don't know. He, he's got a lot to prove to me because I just really don't think he likes physical contact.
2: Yeah. Um, but for me, I, I've bought my season tickets. So I'm looking forward to... Um, the season ahead at Penrith.
1: Top eight for me. But uh,
2: yeah. yeah, I agree. I think they'll push for top four. Uh, Susan O'Connor, Billy Slater versus Greg Inglis, fullback debate. She wants it on again. Oh, God. It's not so much between me and you. I think it's between us and a few followers on the page. Look, I, I think... Um,
1: and Greg- I'm not going to
2: say anything else after this. I'm just going to say the, the World Cup final probably proved Billy Slater's worth. Um, and if you compare... You know, the games that, I know English had some good games leading up to that, but look at the quality of opposition he was playing. Billy Slater was, hands down, I thought, apart from Jonathan Thurston in that game, the best Australian player on the field. He made a couple of silly little errors, but but I still, you need to take the good with the bad with, with Slater. You
1: know, you know my issue with this, it's not an argument of, like every time this comes up, it's not me, like an argument going, oh, Greg Inglis is worked. I think Greg, Greg Inglis has got the potential to easily be better. He's more naturally talented, but I don't see after a year or two, people are like, he's better. He's knocked a few people over. Billy Slater has been churning out these efforts year after year, year on year, and just has a more complete game at this point in time. Yeah. Well, I love Greg Inglis. Greg Inglis played for Melbourne, so that's the other thing that bothers me when people are like, oh, you're biased. I still love Greg Inglis. Yeah. I've still got Greg Inglis up my wall wearing a Melbourne jersey. I'd like to think he'd come back someday, even though he never, never probably will. But all around, you can't watch a game and tell me that he has anywhere near the involvement. That's why I love Billy Slater. Yeah, Greg, Greg Inglis can do whatever he wants. He can turn a game on his head. He fends across his body. He gets on the high ball. He destroys people. But Billy but Slater... So you think fullback... Fullback's backs the hardest position on the field to play. I think
2: yeah. full-back is a, is a role you learn. It's not a role you just jump into. So, that's what I'm saying. And I think the intricate parts of the game, Billy Slater's much more adept at and I than what Inglis is. I think Inglis... People are still forgetting that... And the work rate that Slater's got yeah. ahead
1: of Inglis is incredible. And Slater's 30, Gi is like 25. So you're going to see even... By the end of his career, J.I. might end up being... He will be playing fullback. He's going to end up, but I'm saying he might end up being a better fullback. Yeah. But as far as any yeah. argument, I don't think you can say, in the last like five, six years, Billy Slater's the man. And with his knee injuries, he's going to slow down. So it's going to be more and more chance for J. I to overtake him. But the overall package yeah. in the game, and that's all I'm saying, because I still love both of them, I and mean, if you don't think the same, well, you must be blind, the overall package of them two at fullback, Billy Slater offers more. Yeah. And, and that what the efforts you say at the fullback and it's, now, not, it's not that we don't think Greg as we said Greg Inglis is, is a bad player Greg Inglis is, is tremendous I will say it right now he's he, he, in my eyes he is the best player in the world on his day on his day yeah. he is better than Sonny Bill but he, I think
2: week to week Billy yeah, Slater is probably it. one of the most consistent the best consistent or most consistent, consistent player fullback. in the
1: game yeah, so. and I, like I said, I've still got Greg Inglis in my war in his Melbourne gear. To me, he is the best player in the world on his day. Yeah. He's better than Jared Hayne. He's better than Thurston. He's better than Sonny Bill. He's the best rugby league player in my eyes in the world on his day. Yeah, and by the end of his career, there might be an argument to say. But he's better. hopefully, we see those days. Yeah, and I want to see, see more of them yeah. I, I, I saw, I saw bits and pieces at Melbourne this year. I think I saw bits and pieces. It's amazing to watch. But as far as fullbacks go, right now, I still think Billy Slater's got a lot of those intricate areas, like you talked about. Covered a lot more, and even with his knee issues, Billy Slater's just there in every single game. Yeah, I, if, yeah. You wanna, if you
2: want to, if you want to know what we're talking about, get on and I don't know whether you can get on the internet and watch it, but just go and watch the I think it was the 07 Grand Final, Greg Inglis against Manly. It was a Incredible game. Incredible performance hmm. the year after they, they lost the, the grand final oh, watch that, Watch all of
1: 06 when he was a skinny centre for us. Yeah. Watch how much he's, in, Unbelievable. he's involved. Like. Unbelievable. All right, if, we'll
2: move on. Yeah. Um, Gavin Redding, who will win the Golden Boot? Um, he's, he's narrowed it down to SBW or JT, um, which is better, You know, playing well in origin in the World Cup or the Premiership.
1: And he's well, probably saying that Sonny Bill was better throughout the Premiership. Sonny Bill was probably, in all those areas, was probably better. He was good during the year. Um, you know, he won a lot of men to match. What well, he turned games on the head, and I know they didn't win the final, but in the World Cup, he was pretty good as well. Um, I, to me, I, I really don't know who, who you give. I'd,
2: I'd have to lean towards Cronk.
1: Well, I'm telling you right now, it's not Bruff. That's done and won. Burgess, it can't be for me. He didn't have. He had a good year, but compared to his standards, those other guys, he didn't have anywhere near the kind of year they did. Smith, always consistent, but I don't think he did anything you know, that makes him stand out. So if you're going to drag it down to those three, you've got the international, like the Rugby League International Federation Player of the Year in Sonny Bill.
2: Is that, but is that an you've, award? Are they giving him that award to, to try and encourage him to stay in the game? Cause I,
1: I don't know, but I, like honestly, yeah. off watching his year. Oh, I have to oh, agree. he's yeah, been incredible. His, in, his influence. But if you go on World Cup season, everything, I think Sonny Bill's probably been the standout as far as consistency is concerned. I know Cronk's very consistent for Melbourne. But I think their little down periods hurt him. And even in the World Cup, he chips away and he's very solid. But, uh, you know, and Thurston. Thurston was okay during Origin. Caught fire afterwards leading the, the Cowboys in. But the old, the whole you know the overall year, if you're going to get all that, plus the World Cup and Origins, it's for me, it's either Cronk or Sonny Bill. But I'd give it to Sonny Bill. Okay. That's just the way I'm looking at it. I don't go off a couple of flash in the pan performances like other people do, where you look and go, you, you knock three people in their ass in that game and shoulder-charged. The whole year, pretty much what he's saying. If you want to look at all those aspects of footy, Cronk's yeah. consistent throughout all of it. But Sonny was also consistent throughout all of it. I can't mm. really say he was bad in the World Cup or during the year.
2: Yeah, and I think also in the current modern day, the way that awards are handed out, it's very hard for forwards to win those awards. Mm.
1: But if you want to go, you in, look at how
2: many points he polled during the Dally M voting. Yeah, I think he got twelve votes. But also, that's my argument as well with like a,
1: a Melbourne or them. Look at their side though. They've got Maloney. They've got players that can steal from each other. Whereas Melbourne, Melbourne, yeah, they steal from each other, which is why a lot of them have struggled to win one. They've all won one now, but consistently you see all three of those Melbourne players in the top ten. Yeah, because they're you know a bit like John Thurston. He gets all the points for his side.
2: Uh, Brad O'Kane, are the NRL trying to financially strangle the Sharks by giving them an unfavourable draw in relation to Friday night games, or do they know something we don't about the harsh penalties they will cop next year for the 2011 issues, making them? Not worthy of being shown on free to air TV. Well, that's all. Uh, it's a bit of a conspiracy theory. We love one here on the show, but um, for me, I don't know. I, well, I, don't, I can't tell. Well, well, I can't tell you that again. Um, I also think that they're not a. They're not. They don't have a massive supporter base. Of sharks, do they? I no. Mean, but
1: this, this is what I'm getting at again. TV deals dictate I mean. to, I, the I, want to see I want to see Melbourne. Play on a Friday, and so does Canberra, but they don't because your Brisbane's, your Bulldogs, these teams again that are worth more money. It's the same if, as
2: Penrith and the, and the Gold yeah. Coast, probably the, the two teams I obviously follow, Penrith and the Gold
1: Coast. I, you rarely see them on, no, on Channel but 9 football. Them, the Roosters, Brisbane, the TV, te- the people that pay for the game, the TV, they get to decide these draws. So I don't get to watch Melbourne play a lot of Friday night, and all this they're pretty much on Foxtel, yeah. which isn't so bad. But yeah, for people that want to watch their team on Friday night, you got to realise again. It's uh, dictated by the people that pour the money in and it's the biggest supporter bases. So that's why you will see the Bulldogs, the Rabbits, the Roosters, these kind of teams, the Broncos, they get these uh, favourable time slots. Yeah. Or Sunday afternoon football, you know, these kind of slots seem to go to those sides. But it's all on that. It's on fan base, uh, you know, TV ratings. You're not going to put on two sides that have, you know, smaller fan bases in those prime time spots. Yeah. And I'd love to say that, you know, like I said, Melbourne... Sharks, all these teams would get those, but that's not how it works. It's dictated on money and ratings, so not much you can do about it. But as far as the Sharks' punishment's concerned, I think we're all we just don't know, dude. we're all frustrated. Don't know. We all want to know what's going on. I want to know what's going on. You know. Are they gonna get the million dollar fine? Is Flanagan gonna be suspended? Are there any players gonna get punished? Is there any staff involved? Like they, they really need to know. Because you can't be halfway through a pre-season. Well, I mean,
2: they're, they're almost halfway through a pre-season mm. now. Well, that's it's, right, mate. Yeah, they, they, they need some a clarity. sort of point. They really need some clarity. All right. Kenneth Barrington, Fiji and NRL team. What do you think? Uh, PNG too. He said, yes, I'm aware of the PNG Queensland Cup team for next year. All I'm saying is given Fiji making the semis two World Cups in a row, it makes perfect sense to have them in the comp.
1: Well, my problem...
0: And and, and
2: and people would say, well, oh, what about the travel to Fiji and back? It's the same as a flight to WA. So if they're talking about a, a, a flight, uh, having a team in WA, mm. three and a half
1: hour flight, that's it's the same. S- that's not my issue. This is my issue. For the P, this is more the PNG, not the Fiji. If PNG somehow got into the NRL, how do you attract players to go live in Papua New Guinea?
2: No, they'd have to be based in Australia. Well, that's what
1: I'm getting at. They are are they going to be based here or are they going to be based over there? Because they're talking about playing over in a stadium based in PNG. If they're going to have a Papua New Guinea side per se, how's that going to work?
2: I'd, I'd think that.
0: If they're going to be in PNG, you'd think they'd
2: play in PNG. They play in PNG. That's what I'm getting. Right? Right? But they may be. They may say to these players, "Look, we'll base you at the Gold Coast, so we'll base you at Brisbane. There's or a lot Townsville. of questions. You can train there. We'll just fly you over for the Junior, games. Like all the
1: juniors, they have to be based here. All these little things. When you're, we're talking that they want to get a Papua New Guinea club off the ground and into the NRL, mm. I was sitting there thinking, well, if you were telling me, it's basically
2: a third world that country, someone had it?
1: to move to Garoka or whatever to play for Papua New Guinea, and they got offered at yeah. $1.5 million, are you going to leave Australia to go there? They're not to going it?
2: to have their multi-million dollar mansions, are they? How's the
1: stadium going to do? How, like, you know? Yeah. And there's celebrities over there, but I'm sure it'd be a, a pretty wild environment to be if you're a superstar rugby league player. Yeah. And juniors, how do you pump juniors out? Where's the league? Where's the development? Like it all pretty much have to be Australian-based if you're going to get it. Same as the Fiji. If it was going to get off the ground, you've got to look at that side of it. New yeah. Zealand's a completely different situation. But those other two, when you look at it from the ground up, 16s, 18s, 20s, New South Wales Cup training facilities, development, all of it is pretty much needs to be Australian based. I don't know how you'd operate out of Papua New Guinea or Fiji. Yeah, no,
2: it's a fair point. I think that's probably the
1: only well, that's not just. It is uh, the, it, the it is the barrier, barrier, but it is, it is the biggest barrier. If um, you told me tomorrow I'm Kevin Smith or something like that, but
2: or, what Kenneth is saying, and I, yeah, whether you then.
1: I love the I ideas. Know, I don't know how
2: you get around it. Maybe, maybe during that rep period where they have the, um, you know, these the under twenties games. Maybe we could get a Pacific Islanders versus Fiji. Fiji I, I love gaming. the idea,
1: but it's more exactly we just got at. that hurdle for those two. I think it's a bit too big to overcome. Like New Zealand having teams doesn't really affect them because they're a much bigger. Bigger country, they've already got rugby union, rugby league, all of those other little bits in place, especially grassroots. But where yeah. where is all the grassroots that are going to get to a high enough standard and the facilities in Fiji and Papua New? I think Guinea, in the
2: next ten years, the NRL I don't know they're going to be doing a lot of. If they're a lot I think of money, the ARL need to pump.
1: Well, that's what uh, we're talking about. All a lot these of money into the, these areas. All these cash um, yeah. improvements, they need to get bases or something going, like you're talking about, with the improvements if they want to be getting expansion happening in those kind of countries. Yeah. Because they're not in a favorable position in that regard. So. Yeah,
2: exactly.
1: Or you um, need a magnate, like good old Marvin Kukash over in Salford, yeah. who's just got a thousand million squillion dollars and just going to buy <laughs> Billy Slater, Cameron Smith, Sonny Bill Williams, and everyone else. Yeah. You need somebody like that. But
2: Owner of Mount Athos. When,
1: when's that going to happen? You know, like. Awesome.
2: So in the we Cup. need
1: Jerry Jones to come over from the Dallas Cowboys and just. oh
2: look the money. Yeah,
1: I I love the idea. Money talks, though. Kenneth. I love the idea. No, but, so do yeah, I. just
2: practically how's it going to happen? Um, and I think, like he says, the PNG team being in the Queensland Cup—that's a massive step. Yeah, I think cool. that's great. Great start. Yeah. Great start. Um, David Boyle, who will get the spoon? Tigers, Eels? I don't think it'll be either of them. I think it'll be the Raiders.
1: I think the Raiders, off what I said, they've still got a lot of luck. Like
2: and obviously, I think
1: the Eels will still be back there. A lot more first-grade quality players than probably those sides at this point in time, but I think they're on a down spiral, and I don't think... Just everything. Like, Cam Peasy didn't impress me last year. He's going to be off. I think, you know, they let Sam Williams go. I've got no idea why. Uh, you know, Matt McCurick, a hooker that I liked, had some knee issues. Glenn Buttress has always gone hurt, so they don't really have a solid nine. They picked up Kurt Baptiste from Brisbane. There's just a lot of areas I look there. They don't have a guaranteed nine. They don't have great halves. McCrone's even been rumored to gonna be playing at nine. So you mm. know, Shillington had a flat year. Tills, White, Lars Beard didn't even play a game. All those three are supposed to be that four prop rotation. Where are they? They're all gone, you know. Joel Thompson left one of the young bloods, him and Papali... Well, good players. Fenson constantly gets hurt because he carries that side. I think they're going to have some... You know, a lot of players get blooded in, but I'm really concerned for the Raiders. Really concerned? Really concerned. I think they're going to be around the Spoon, the Tigers... I I
2: think, yeah, I think it's your usual such piece. I think it'll look, it'll be the... uh, I think the the Tigers' Tigers' Tigers kids
1: flourish. I think the Tigers' kids flourish, but they don't... Yeah, but they'll get... They can't sustain it for a year.
2: You know who I'm looking at? And I think they might be in the bottom four, the Bulldogs.
1: The Bulldogs?
2: Really? Just the way that... Oh, the way that I Michael can't. Ennis has been playing, they don't have a half. They've n- now lost their fullback. Yeah, but I can't see... Cassiano
1: that, has that, really struggled pack. in the World Cup. That forward pack, I can't see Their centres, I don't like. I just, I don't know. Overall, look at the squad, though. You can't. I can't compare them to the Tigers. I can't compare them... Another one I think who will slide will be the Knights. Well, they're the one I was worried about, and I told you because of the forwards. Because you look at that Roosters game, that's an example of when everyone says they're going to step up this year. They proved to me in that game why they can't step up. They ran one out into a young, brutal Roosters pack and just got absolutely pillaged. Yeah. One to seven, Newcastle are outstanding, but now take out a nine. They don't have one. They have, know,
2: if the Eels play the dogs, I think it's going to be. You know, you look at those derby games they're going to play. The uh, the dogs play the Tigers, like Penrith.
1: I think uh, I'm, they're going
2: to be playing all those teams twice. I just. Uh, young kid, I think they'll slide. The young dogs.
1: Tigers, I think, will avoid the Spoon. But I yeah. think they'll have some problems just overall. They still don't have a lot of great uh, older heads in their side. But with the development of the kids they're coming through, I think you can look out for them the next couple of years. They're going to be a danger.
2: All right, last question. But, Brad yeah. O'Kane.
1: Well, who are you going to give the spoon to, though? 100%. Raiders. Um, well, I'm probably with you on the Raiders. But I think the Tigers and a couple of those sides, you said, I don't think they get anywhere near it, though. I think the Raiders are really having an uphill battle. All
2: right, Brad O'Kane, the biggest improvers and flops for next year. We've probably already stated that, I uh, guess, well, in what we've
1: said. I think, I, Red- look, I think the biggest improvers... Penrith go up again, I think.
2: Yeah, I had them there last year. I think. Look, I think the Warriors will be the big improvers. I think they'll they'll make the eight or the Titans. I think there'll be two sides or three sides. I think Titans, Panthers, and the Warriors will all be in the eight. Well, um, you know, at this point of the year, you know, this, things won't happen over the
1: offseason. Yeah, well, you, but, you you know who I said I was interested. And in. flops
2: for me, dogs and knights.
1: Well, the one that gets me, and I, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I look at the Dragons. I like the way they're recruited. Yeah. I still don't think Steve Price is the, the man to do it, but. In buying Williams and Widop, I see halves. In having Garvey... I still think they're missing a few pieces. ...come in with rain. And then you've got Merrin, Frizzell, DeBellin, Stockwell. I think offloading those five or six older guys like they did. And then you forget that Merrin didn't play the back end of the year and Dugan didn't. Mm. I think the only spot I really look at and go, it needs to be filled in centre spot. But with the buying, I'm looking at them thinking, you know, they're not going to be in that spoon battle because they've got a lot better squad this year, but...
2: All right. Bruno yeah. is he's, he's also asked, is there any hope New South Wales of two away games? We've already addressed that in a previous yeah. question. The last, I really like this question, which current players will one day be Immortals?
1: Well, I, I'm biased. Obviously a big three. Well, I'm not... I, I can't big three. Get, I can't be biased in saying it because there's plenty of bigger names that have, who are Immortals who have already said it. Cameron Smith's an Immortal. I think the big three. All big three are Immortal. I think Thurston's Immortal. I think Slater gets it, but I, st- I don't know about Kronk. I think they might screw Kronk. He seems to be the one that's always on the outside of... That, no, you but know, if you
2: look at the players that are, he think, might not be immortal within his lifetime, but I think
1: I think Greg Inglis, if he keeps going, gets on the right path, and well, he's already on the path. He's already scored a crap load of tries, over a hundred tries for 160 or 170 yeah. games. So you think he'd be? Yeah, and then and then
2: Jonathan you, know, you look at that, and, and that's five. Five of the key players from Queensland, you wonder why we can't win an Origin Series. Hmm. Probably got
1: five future immortals. And there's probably the more side. If you want to keep talking, like, i look at yeah, then looking
2: at Lockyer, who was an integral part of that,
1: who's yeah. you know, obviously going to be an immortal. Brad Fittler's not one, but you know around that, he's kind going of to be an immortal. Argument you'd have to think that he'd get. Um, him. I think yeah, Beaver Menzies. If Beaver Menzies is not an immortal, I'm not here. He, he'll be an immortal. For he's sure. ridiculously an immortal. But current current day players, current players. A, well, I think um, I guarantee Billy Slater, Smith, and Inglis. Cronk. I I I'd like to think would be one, but I don't know if they will. Thurston, you'd have to think on here, the way he's been would be around that kind of echelon. I think James Maloney. Like if he if he continues Dave's to play, well, no, nah, just
2: looking at where he is in terms of his career at the moment. If he, if he goes in and has a long career playing Origin, which he quite possibly could, if he punches he out, he reminds good. me of a Cronk
1: four or five years ago. Like he sort of got to that. Yeah, well, if he does that for the next five or six yeah, years, yeah,
2: I think he's potentially uh, he could be an immortal. Um, Other immortals though, this is Robbie Farrar. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It depends where. Again, his legacy his legacy is going to be State of Origin at the moment. His well, record see, uh, doesn't read too well, but.
1: I think, you know, if Dugan, these kind of blokes keep the right put, this well, is the problem. Is obvious, obvious well, Jack obvious. obviously. He's, he's he is. the other one, like Dugan. They look at and go, if he had a full career to his maximum potential, I don't know how you couldn't look at one of them and say, well, wow, what a player he was, you know. What
2: about someone like
1: Brett Hodgson? Brett Hodgson?
2: I thought Brett Hodgson was a good
1: player. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I he thought he was you, good, but I don't know. Are you talking about immortal? I don't know. I don't know, yeah, I think, well, I think so.
2: Yeah, it's, it's an interesting conversation. You know you want to talk about? One? I'm just looking at players that were 300-game you know, 300, 300 players at their club. You know, Scott or Prince. What about Nathan Is Scott Highmarsh? Prince going to be a... Nathan Highmarsh. Nathan Highmarsh will be an immortal, for sure. Scott, Scott Prince?
1: Prince? No, not me. Okay. I don't think he had anywhere near the kind of influence we're talking about with those other guys. I think he's, he
2: had a, 150 of his games in first grade were immortal status. I think he yeah. was at immortal level, no but at all, not his be. 300. No. no. Um, yeah, we might leave it there, but... An interesting,
1: interesting I've got uh, one more to talk about current, but again, on the th- stupid things he's done, Todd Carney, I think if he had a full career at his potential, winning Daly Ems, winning, like, you know the, what he's done, if he pulled his socks up and did what he could do for a whole career. Yeah, he's got to be... It's got to be. A, I think
2: uh, part of the criteria is obviously you need to be dominant at all levels of the game. And Todd Carney... Yeah. yeah how many games did you play for Australia? Not many. Well, how man. many games did you play for New South
1: Wales? Not exactly. Like South. I said, if he didn't That's what I
2: potentially have... I look at... Maloney because you've got Durson and Cronker obviously on the way out I think that the halves position there same as uh, Cherry Evans I mean if he yeah. if he flourishes he him, and
1: could both if they potentially, potentially stuck together walls. I'll leave it there We could go on all day but yeah if you yeah. want to talk about guarantees I'd have to say two of the big three English, JT they're kind of the four that stick in my head right now Agreed but Anything else? I think we're going to have a look at the draw aren't we? Yeah well. What about the draw? What would you like to speak the about? Let's have a. The draw?
2: Well, firstly, the Brisbane Broncos ten.
1: Well, again, I hate ten saying, Friday night games. In I hate Iraq. saying it, but it's all of this bloody TV deal. This is mm-hmm. the way they do it. The Queensland seems to rotate that. So they always get the second Friday night game. The Broncos get the bigger rub of the green, being uh, big boss fifty thousand or whatever. They always get into the ground, but.
2: Are you, uh, happy, are you happy with the draw? I know you you haven't really had a great look at it. I've well, I, hate, it off. I've, I hate watching that. I've gone through and highlighted all the games that I could possibly attend. There's I think 50 in there, which I'm pretty
1: happy with, from, between COA and ANZ. From the small look that I've had, there's still a few fixtures around Origin that I'm not happy with. Yeah. And I know you can't avoid it altogether because there's always going to be some kind of clash, but I still think that Origin ruins a couple of games.
2: Well, let's have a look at Round 1, firstly. I mean, obviously, we're going to
1: kick off with Rabbitohs Roosters. That's I think Round 1's a cracker. Massive grudge game. And then you get the Broncos-Dogs Broncos, grudge dogs because of what's going on there. The night
2: after. So I'll probably be at both of those.
1: Penrith and Newcastle will be a cracker because Newcastle will be expected to back up what they did against Melbourne last year. And Penrith, you'd be interested to see what all those buys do after you know, a pretty yeah. solid year. Melbourne and Manly, well, what else do you need to say? They're going to try and actually murder each other. At Brookie, too. Yeah. Cowboys and Raiders have typically had close fixtures against each other. Yeah. Parramatta and New Zealand. Well, Christ, we got the surprise of a lifetime last year. Parramatta towered them up, and then look how that ended up. Dragons, Tigers, here. and yeah, that those two obviously still got bad blood after the, the whole Maltzon situation and, and then, a few uh, other issues. So.
2: Caps off on Monday
1: night, Sharks Titans. So. Yeah, well, welcome to the prison. That's that'll be you know. <laughs> Greg Bird and Paul Gallen, all those kind of blokes going uh, stash to stash. But mm. uh, the Origin window got shortened. I think we were told. Like the the, the gaps—it's gone to six weeks now, isn't it? I think it was a bit more spaced out before.
2: No, I think it was, it
1: was six weeks before. No, oh, I thought I heard Craig Bellamy the other day saying that he was happier that that was compressed, but still not happy with all the fixtures.
2: Mm. Well, the grand final rematch um, when, is he in round four. Roosters v C Eagles, Allianz Stadium, seven forty. They're Saturday, the kind like of games. twenty
1: eighth. They're the kind of games you need to get in before that period comes around. Yeah, I agree. I, I think.
2: Yeah. Uh, but uh, but other than that, I, I think. The draw plays well. If you have a look at the last round, um, you know you got Storm Broncos, Roosters, Rabbitohs again, Knights, Dragons, Raiders, Eels, Panthers, Warriors, Cowboys, Seagulls, Titans, Bulldogs, uh, Tigers, Sharks. So if, if you finish and end with the Roosters Rabbitohs, which I think last year obviously worked tremendously well. So. If you
1: want the summary though of the draw, I don't think we can really put a word on it. Unless you look at it from your own team's perspective, because that's pretty much how everyone's judging it.
2: Well, I looked at it from a, from a Penrith perspective. I'm surprised they've got so many day games early in the season, because it's going to be hot as hell out
1: here on a Saturday, Arvo. Yeah, well, that's what I mean, um, though. And from a Melbourne perspective, I didn't really have a great look yet, but my biggest concerns would obviously be travel and who we played at or in origin, because we lose... Well, you know, the best spine in the competition, realistically. Yeah. So that's always my little stout. Well, they also don't have to
2: travel to, to the World Cup challenge. Well so that's, that's the beauty
1: of, of us getting knocked out, but yeah, we've still got to play nines and we've got blokes that just played all the way through for Australia. So Yeah. My concerns are more, you know, early in the year do we have to travel a lot and then the rep period who we play around that kind I'm of thing? I'm pretty happy means, with
2: so. the you know, the Titans early draw. I think, you know, we've got, we've got Cronulla, we've got the Tigers, and we've got the Raiders. So they're probably their three winnable games straight off the bat. So
1: Well, our first round, I've got to say I'm happy because the last few years we've been given a bit of a lobby. I'm happy we're playing Manly.
2: The Titans have got... They've copped a few Monday night games early in the year as well. So, hmm. I mean, there's plenty of people complaining. I personally, as a fan, I love the Monday night game because I know at least I'm going to be sitting on the lounge and I'll get to watch it, whereas on yeah, well, well, yeah. Saturday and Sunday with Every, everyone's with got the their coaching page. that's going on the, so. the
1: Brisbane seem to get the rubber of the ground on Fridays like you said that's the TV deal you know another Monday um, night
2: Panthers Titans so uh, the Titans have had three in the first seven rounds
1: Cronulla, so. Cronulla fans obviously aren't unhappy with a lot of the, the Monday games but again like I said what, what are you going to do the, the TV draw while the money's being paid by them they're going to have to be able to dictate those kind of things so. yeah.
2: City Country's been retained that'll be in Dubbo now
1: um, yeah, well, I'll be interested to see how many turn up for that this year mm-hmm. and if it is a genuine trial it so definitely uh, didn't hold that kind of weight last year, that's for sure. Oh. But overall with the draw I think you've got to make your own assumptions. A lot of people base off their own team if you caught the short end of the stick or not, but you know, at the end of the day, it's football. Yep. I don't care what day my team's gonna play. It's more that rep period day that I look at. Rep period's always the hard time for me. You don't want to be playing uh, big games, not only because of the the results, but if I want if we're gonna play the Roosters or we're gonna play Manly or, you know, teams of that, that kind of upper echelon, I wanna see them play when we're full strength and they're full strength. Yeah. I don't want to see us play each other at a downtime. Or when we play you guys without Bird, Miles, Harrison, and then potentially like Idris and uh you know, Duck Taylor. Like if all those guys are in rep form and we're in good form, I want to see those guys play each other. I don't want to see eight rep players not playing. I agree. So that's that's the real part they've got to look at. But as far as uh, that goes, that's the fan form wrapped up. So we may as well jump in to the conclusion for the final podcast for the year. We've obviously hit the World Cup. We've talked about some of the issues and happenings. We've answered all your questions. So before we head off for our little break here, we'll break down some dates. The nine we've got
2: some thank yous.
1: Oh, well, we thank, thank yous. So Nick Tedeschi. Nick Tedeschi, yeah. Uh, obviously. He gave us the, the Rugby uh, League Almanacs early on, and he's a Bulldogs enthusiast and a Rugby League enthusiast. Paul Kennedy already.
2: for his StormCloud interview. That was really good. Um, yep, ABC News reporter.
1: jumped on yeah um, from the trip on am grew time Mr yeah, Gossip obviously we got to thank you're uh,
2: looking at Mr Gossip you're looking at um, Lisa from League's and Legends who donated a few packs for uh, yep, some of our war in the origin
1: we've obviously got uh, Wade uh,
2: Martin from Centerbet who jumped on yep, uh, the Shepherd Centre we ended up I think we ended up around the $1300 mark with our bet so we've done quite well obviously Next year, we'll be able to raise some more money because we'll have the whole season in order to accumulate. Yep. Big MG. Um, we have to MG always. was probably the last one we have to thank. He, uh, you know, this the podcast coming together was a part of a conversation at a pub, actually, one afternoon, and um, the big fella here sitting next to me was talking about trying to get on radio, and um, I hope that everyone's enjoyed it. Um, for me, it's, it's helping out my brother, and obviously, I love footy, and um, I'm involved up at the Panthers, so... You know, there's benefits in it for me and um, helping out the the big fella next to me. So I hope everyone enjoys it. Next year it'll be bigger and better. Um, and, yeah, we'll, mm. obviously we've got to have some time off because we're both pretty
1: bored. mm we got a couple of months in between. There's no footy, so I'd rather try not to talk about it. And try to e- e- bored, e- Try to we'll ease, just... the, ease the pain while nothing's doing. But
2: yeah, getting throughs uh, once the uh, new year kicks in and January's out of the way, and
1: all around. Um, well, I've talked about it previously. We're looking at launching a website, but I'm start. I'm a bit fifty fifty on the idea purely because who at the the site that hosts our podcast. That is virtually the only difference between me having a website and not would be being able to host it on that address. So. That may or may not happen, but if not, it is not a big issue because most of the media content obviously goes through our social media pages. So there may or may not be a website, so keep your eyes open for that, and we've still got to get a revamp logo that's in the works at this point in time. All right, but dates. Yep, there'll be more guests again next year, though, and all those regulars will be back. Uh, yeah. I don't think anyone will be missing. Senator bet, I'm sure we've got to speak to them. but No, no, they're on. They're that, on board. You go. They're
2: back on board. The charity bets and stuff will remain for next year. So. Yeah,
1: so that's even better for all you blokes that probably for the first half of the year not only had the podcast, but there was a lot of people getting in on the bandwagon trying to win some cashola. So you'll have a full set of fixtures next year to get some cashola.
2: Yeah, we're probably looking at um, increasing the amount of free bets we give away each week as well, which will make it better for and more interactive for everyone.
1: Yeah, And in in all facets, we've got a couple of months now to refresh and get some ideas. So look out, hopefully, for a couple of new segments and some new ideas next year. And uh, also, one thing I've been trying to come up with, I'm trying to somehow link in fans. So we're going to be trying to bring in somebody at least every week next year, maybe for a quick rant on their team. Excellent. But uh, this is all stuff that's in the pipeline. But dates... Uh, we've got the 9s obviously happening, the Auckland 9s on the 15th and 16th of February, early next year, plus the World Club Challenge the week after. Uh, due to the World Club Challenge probably not being as big an issue for everyone, unless you're really a Roosters fan. I know I'm know everyone will probably watch the game, but you're not really going to listen to a jibber about the Roosters if you're not on board or Wigan. We're going to tie that into a 9s preview, because I'm sure everyone's going to be very interested in watching the 9s. So that will roughly be about February 10th. So that'll be, you know, a couple, give you about four or five days out from the nines and also just to get a bit of the World Club Challenge, which has the week after. But as far as the the important stuff, which is the preview of the 16 teams before the season kicks off, as well as some predictions for the year, such as premiers, minor premiers, you know, a dark horse, sliders, teams that will improve and all the rest. We'll probably have, a, also
2: probably have a special guest for both those podcasts. We'll split that in
0: half. We'll have yeah. one
2: guest for one pod and another guest for another. So it'll give you um, a different
0: sort yeah. of
1: angle on it. Bit of variety, but uh, that'll be in two parts. We'll be doing uh, the teams how they were from 16th up to 1st next year. So it'll be 16th to ninth, and then 8th to 1st and we'll build our ladder and predict for 2014. That'll be two parts probably released uh, on February 21st. That'll give probably two weeks there for people to get through the two halves, hopefully be about an hour each, and then uh, a couple of days out from the kickoff of the competition, which is on March 6th. We'll hopefully release something uh, a couple of days before that, just leading into round one. That'll only be a short podcast, obviously, just having a look, giving some tips and probably getting gossip on if anything's rolling by that point in time. So, other than that, uh, it's all wrapped up. The season's done. We've had our premiers, our origin, all the rep fixtures, and the World Cup go by. The only thing left, I suppose, is the Golden Boot. That's not too far off being named. But uh, other than that, have a safe Chrissy. Yep. Have Stay a great trouble.
2: Stay exactly. safe. Happy New Year. See you in 2014.
1: If anything is going on over the Christmas break, feel free to keep interacting on the page. We'll uh, be keeping our eyes peeled on that, and we're always happy to talk about the Rugby League. But for now, guys. In, uh, enjoy the new year and we'll speak to you on February 10th. Bye. Bring it on. Give us more, give us more. Where are you going? Where, 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 what's going on here?
0: Is that it? Is that it?